This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. And hello and welcome to Unequal Sequel. My name is Dave and I'm one of the two hosts of this radical podcast. (laughs) All right, Michelangelo. (laughs) And I am Rich and I'm the other host of this radical podcast, dudes. Uh, Think of me as Mr. Miyagi to Dave's Daniel son. I am the wise old mentor and he is the young Padawan. <laughs> He's not a Padawan. That's Star Wars. I'm crossing my movies, but hey, you get the you get the, we'll get the, the drift, point. right? Yeah. I'm struggling with these, Dave. Now, scraping the barrel, mate. I think they're brilliant. <laughs> Premise of unequal sequel is very simple. We asked our guests for their best ever sequel, worst ever sequel, and finally their dream sequel. And of course, we quite often drift off and talk about other things, including movies. Sometimes just life. I should point out that. We do delve into spoilers of the movies that are mentioned. So if you haven't seen one or two of the movies, just skip that part and move along. I've also got to mention that for the first time ever, I think in a technical term, we had a fucking nightmare with the sound. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I just had to record it not from my mic. It's fine. So please just be patient with us that. Emily's brilliant. Rich is brilliant. I am also there. (laughs) On today's episode, we are joined by Emily Murray. Emily is a brilliant film journalist and critic who is also the editor of Zavi magazine. We're very excited to sit down with uh, Emily and chat all things sequels with her. These are Emily Murray's Unequal Sequels. Enjoy. Emily, do you remember the first sequel you got excited about? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Harry Potter. Really? Mm. Because Philosopher's Stone is like my first like cinema memory of like going to see a film in a cinema. And then my aunt worked for Warner Brothers in like the marketing. So we went to the premiere yeah, nice. of Chamber of Secrets. Like kitty. Because I was like, how old? Wait, when, what year would the Chamber of Secrets have been? I think I would have been like... I want to say 2002. Yeah, I would have been like eight or ten. And I remember going to like the kids' premiere of Chamber of Secrets. So I was excited for the sequel, but also excited because that was a fancy event. <laughs> Did you dress up for it in costume? I can't remember. I just remember having to do like go to London for it and getting like little goodie bags, like themed goodie bags after Chamber of Secrets. Amazing. What was in the goodie bags? I can't remember. I literally... I have the worst <laughs> memory known to man. <laughs> I just like... 
I just remember like being excited for it. <laughs> wow. So and did it live up to your expectations? Oh yeah. I love uh, I love Harry Potter. So although now it's like uh... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, because the second one's the worst one, right? No, I like Chamber of Secrets. It's really good. Really? What do you like about it? All of it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> But I was like a proper like pot and nuthead growing up. So I feel like that's like my childhood bias coming in. Yeah. So you, you don't skip the first two now when you rewatch them? No. We have, well, also I'm a Confucianist. So if I like skipped any of it, it wouldn't feel right as well. Mm. But um, yeah. but no, I like Chamber of Secrets. It's, uh, I like the whole Tom Riddle and Basilisk and it's all. I've, I would have said the second one's the worst one too, but... I have seen the I have seen Philosopher's Stone and the Chamber of Secrets more than the others because when you've got... watched them, you've got to go from the start. Well, yeah, and also I've got a six-year-old and he's not quite. We think like maybe the later ones are a bit scary, yeah. but he loves Harry Potter, so we've watched the first few a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have this thing where like I think when a new Harry Potter film, when a new Harry Potter book came out, you have to reread them right from the start again. So obviously, you reread the first one more and more. It's the same in the movies. I'd argue that Deathly Hallows Part 1 is the worst off the, off the lot. Oh, okay. Oh, really? It's just a bit... Wow. I really like it, but it's just like... There's just a lot of camping and <laughs> wandering around. And Dave loves and, Lord of the Rings. That's basically what he likes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big... I, I, Lord of the Rings is fine, so... <laughs> but that's a lot of camping and walking around, isn't it? <laughs> Oh my god, she just described Lord of the Rings as fine. <laughs> okay, so I watched Lord of the Rings as a kid, hated it. And my whole family like sat down and we all watched we all we all were at home with like the flu. So we were like, my dad's like, right, we're doing it. We're gonna watch the free extended cuts of Lord of the Rings in like one weekend. And none of us wow. enjoyed it. I don't know if that's because we all had the flu <laughs> as well. Yeah. Because it's not the optimal, you know, circumstances to watch Lord of the mm. Rings in. Or if it's just like, yeah, so I rewatched them um, this year, which I think it's the first time I've seen them uh, since um, I was a kid. I watched them, it was like a virtual watch party with my friends who had like Lord of Rings themed snacks and stuff. And I enjoyed mm. them. I just, I don't really think they're for me. Like they're good. And there's some bits I really liked, but like, yeah, it's just a lot of walking really. And there's better things <laughs> I can do with my time and watching some, I think it's, like yeah hobbits and stuff walk around i don't know i just find it i found it hard to get into the mythology and lore of tolkien's world but i'm mm. also biased yeah. against jr tolkien for no reasons uh, of his own in that when i was a kid i loved doing school plays i was always like one of the bleeds because i was like a little diva basically and then in the hobbit i didn't get cast <laughs> as a lead and i was furious <laughs> i was like it's like a, human six-year-old and ever since then i've been biased against jr tolkien i can't let it go so. brilliant <laughs> so what were you in the play in the end if you weren't a hobbit oh i quit so i got oh <laughs> i got given a role hobbit for... or nothing yeah basically <laughs> i mean i was a... i think i got cast as a spider and i was like i'm not having this so there you go they weren't my acting career so okay i've got so many questions for <laughs> one I want to know about what Lord of the Rings food snacks you had, okay. what you would set Potatoes. And two, <laughs> I want to know the production budget of a school Lord of the Rings play, because I can't get my head around that. Um, the production budget, I think, was low. Very, very low. And, I, like, what, and they tried to squeeze all three films in for like an hour and a half. 
Well, it is primary school as well. So why the hell is a primary school doing The Hobbit <laughs> as a school play? Like, I don't understand the concept. And then, um, and then the theme snacks. I remember we had, like, Hobbiton, like, afternoon tea for the Shire scenes in the first film. And then right. um, Potatoes, obviously, featured massively. Yeah. And then mm. I can't remember what else we had, but I remember my friend Clarice, like, she made, like, really, like, screen accurate like food and I was like I can't live up to that I'll just have like hobbiton sandwiches and potatoes <laughs> brilliant <laughs> oh amazing as I say I must say that watching it with friends did help the experience and I do think if I hadn't seen Lord of the Rings with friends I probably still wouldn't be a fan I'm not really a fan like I think they I get why people really like them they're just not like they're not for me if you had to rank them how would you rank them oh, I don't know oh I think yeah actually return Two Towers Fellowship because I I, oh, okay. I did find the more I got into the series the more I kind of like connected with the characters so by the third one I was kind of invested so I think that's why it's like yeah also the I Am No Man is like my favorite moment obviously that was a good moment and I like Gandalf he's he's a cool dude I didn't oh, I didn't good. like Frodo and um, Samwise I just the hobbits weren't really my friends <laughs> <laughs> After, yeah, because you weren't allowed to be one, so obviously, no, exactly. This <laughs> is the Hobbit forever, but I haven't actually watched the Hobbit movies. I don't think I should, I don't think I should because if I didn't get on with Lord of the Rings and I've heard they're quite bad, so yeah, I don't think if you, if you don't like Lord of the Rings, I don't think you're going to get a lot out of them. No, um, and and you haven't read the book, have you read the book, The Hobbit? I, which is again, like I waffle thin. I tried and I was and like, nah, it's just not. I just, oh I do like fantasy stuff, it's just. I don't know, it just, I don't know, it just wasn't really for me, which is a shame. But I did, I did enjoy it. They were all right. They were all right. I, I think I the can... problem, like you say with The Hobbit, is that they tried to make three very long films from quite a short book. Yeah, i Lord seen... of the Rings is three big, three long books, they make sense. There's like yeah. a scene, I went to like Empire, used to do like film festivals in London. It was like Empire Big Screen was what it was called. I used to go as a teenager mm. and it had a preview of The Hobbit. And it was like a dinner scene from the first film. It just went on for so long. And me and my dad were like, this is like a preview of a film we're showing to try and get us to watch this movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it does go on for a bit. It goes on for a oh, I've just had the image that you never saw the Lord of the Rings musical they had on the West End. Did you by any chance? No, no. Because that is the most batshit crazy thing I've ever watched. <laughs> and I, I woke up the other... A few weeks ago, thinking there's a memory that I had like a bad nightmare. I was like, did I make this up? I had to like research on the internet, and it, it was real. I did go and see it for my birthday. I had like a singing golem and stuff. It was absolutely mental. Um, I tell you what, I would watch because I saw an article. I think it was from Vulture. I can't remember what article, uh, what website it was, which was about Muppets Lord of the Rings. Like, and they like yeah. perfectly cast the Muppets Lord of the Rings. And I was like, right, that might get me into Lord of the Rings if that ever happens. <laughs> The way to my heart is Kemp the Frog. So I like that. That's genius. Yeah, that would work. It, it needs to happen because it, it like it just it just works so well. Obviously, Kermit would be a great Frodo. Yeah. Yeah. Who who the who I like my friend is Gonzo. Where would you put Gonzo? I don't know. Mm. What was he cast? Uh Paragons. I don't know. Gonzo maybe has like the wisdom of a Gandalf. Mm. He's got like that'd be fun. Well, he's the storyteller, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He's always the uh, the narrator of the pieces. And you gotta have Fozzie as oh. Samwise. Yeah. Yeah, that works. <laughs> well, this is what I'm going to be thinking for the rest of the day. <laughs> Casting the what is piggy beef? Like Saruman? Is that evil? Yeah, I'm trying to think who Gandalf would be. 
Oh wait, we said Gonzo for Gandalf, didn't we? Yeah. I can't even name most Lord of the Rings characters. It's just I'm just wait, Aragon's a Lord of the Rings person, isn't he? Yeah. yeah Gimli. Gimli. Gimli would be uh, a, Legolas. Gimli would be the big Muppet. Well, we can't remember his name. I can't remember his name either. The scary one. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Miss Piggy would be a good sure. Gimli. Oh yeah. <laughs> Beaker, I remember Beaker, oh, Ralph. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the actual ones. Like, like, you'd have, yeah, the fellowship would have to be like all the major Muppets. Mm. Yeah. But then there'd have to be some human characters as well. That's the point of the like yeah, this, Christmas carols or sense So would you have Frodo? Would you have Frodo as a human? No, yeah. I think I'd have Frodo as a, a Muppet. Kermit would be um, good I, like Frodo. you said, the Muppet. Yeah, the Hobbits, I think, would have Muppets. And then maybe Aragon, you might have as a human. Mm. Yeah. I'd actually keep. Um, who's the guy who plays Aragon? Honestly, my Lord of Rings on Vigo Mortensen. I'd keep him as like he, he was great because mm-hmm. he was good as Aragon, and he's also like the sort of perfect serious and fun enough to like be in a film with Muppets, like Michael Caine. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've got oh, to. Well. Be... I feel like we've gone off off point <laughs> a little bit, but I have very much enjoyed it. I still can't get over that you did a school play of Lord of the Rings in well, No, I didn't because I quit. The school still no, went ahead. Even, even, even for a teacher to have that idea, they must have watched the films and thought, ah, I know what we can do here. The Hobbit. Oh, man, that, that is batshit. I would pay money to see that, actually. <laughs> they might still be doing it every year. Like, you're normally like, and what are you in the play? And you're like, I'm an angel. And you're like, no, I'm they, an elf. They, they oh. The Hobbit. Incredible. Right. Amazing. Thank you. Um, let's go on to the, the, the important questions. Even though... My head's going to be going nuts. <laughs> what was your pick for your best sequel ever? Oh, I'm like super biased and super on brand with my best sequel invites for Dark Knight because I love Christopher Nolan, which anyone who knows me knows. It's my favourite film ever. And um, I do think it's the best sequel because when I think of like a se- what a sequel should do, yeah, expand on the foundations that the prior film built, and, but also still obviously feel like it's set in the same world. And I think The Dark Knight's like the perfect example of that. And it's also the best film ever, so... A, a lot of people agree with you. We've, we've a had a few, a few guests that have, have chosen The Dark Knight. Yeah, so there's uh, a lot of people agree with you there. It's a very popular choice for best sequel. It is a popular choice. Well, I was like, do I pick something a bit like off-kilter? That is a bit different. But I was like, no, because it's my favourite film. Mm. And it's the sequel, yeah. so... it Yeah. yeah. So why? What makes it your favorite film? What is it that you? That you well, it's the first it? film. It's the first film I saw that I remember loving. Okay. So like really, yes. Yeah, so as a child, I was basically a wimp and hated the cinema because I didn't like the loud noises. I didn't like the darkness. I didn't like the small popcorn. So I just never went. I remember like there's like a bookshop. I think it's called Otica's Bookshop. There was a bookshop in the cinema next door. So I go to the bookshop with my mom. And my dad would take my sister. My dad's quite into films. My sister to the cinema. I just never liked it. I liked films, watching films at home, but I didn't like going like really to the cinema. Except for the odd thing like Harry Potter. That's because I was really in- invested in the in the books. And then I remember like I think I saw I was watching News Round, which was like a cracking kids TV show, yeah. um, and they had a report about Heath Ledger dying. And I remember they showed like a clip of him, obviously like. Well, like, I think it was a clip of a picture of him as a joke. And I was like, what's that? That looks interesting. Mm. And my dad was like, oh, it's like Batman. I was like, what's Batman? 
and I was like 13, just absolutely clueless. <laughs> like, what? I was Batman. And so I looked at like Batman and stuff like that. And I was like, this sounds really interesting because it does. Like, it, he's cool, mm. right? So I, um, and then my dad was like, you should watch Batman Begins. So he showed me Batman Begins, which was obviously like unreal. And then, um, so I was like, right, I want to go see that film, the, the sequel. And um, my dad was like, you're sure because you don't really like the cinema. And I was like, yeah, no, I want it. Like, I think it looks interesting. And I like Batman and this Joker guy seems interesting. So we went for my birthday. I remember like sitting there and like shaking because it was just like an unreal experience. And we came out and I literally just couldn't speak because I was just absolutely stunned. My dad was like, I want to go see that again now. My mum and dad, my mum and my sister were like, oh, it wasn't very good, was it? Because they have no taste in films. They're the worst people alive. <laughs> They're not the worst people alive. They're great. But like, they don't like the dark nights. So they're clearly broken. <laughs> but um, and yeah, I mean, I think that was it. I mean, I was like, right, who's this like guy who made these movies? Because he seems cool. So I found out about Kristen Nolan. My dad showed me Memento. And his like previous films I and mean, then i was like cool and i just started like because i had a lot of cinema to catch up on because obviously yeah <laughs> i was 13 and i hadn't really watched films and then just started watching all these films and then i set up like my blog i had like a film blog as a teenager i remember one of the first reviews i did i think the first review the first review was a harry potter film i think i set it up because i wanted to review the dark knight rises when that came out right so yeah so i felt like i owe a lot to the dark knight personally I probably wouldn't be here talking to you guys if I hadn't seen a Dark Knight at thirteen. So this, I guess this is this is why I had to pick it because it, it you know. Absolutely, and that's the beauty of this podcast is you get to we get to talk about what films mean to people, and they always mean different things to different people. And yeah. so yeah, that is brilliant. I'm really glad you picked it and didn't pick something else off kilter. I think that's, that's a brilliant <laughs> I know. choice. I was like, also, like, I do run a Christopher Nolan podcast and then I do love him. So I was like, it's quite on brand. Because we could, like, obviously, like, I don't think, I think it's pretty obvious why Dark Knight is a great film. But mm. I think in a way it means, like, different things to different people and what it represents yeah, to yeah. me. It's like, and that's what it represents to me is, I suppose, my my first love of cinema. And what a film yeah. as well to, like, trigger it. Yeah, absolutely. We quite often talk about uh, cinematic awakenings for people. It quite often comes up. And it's so good that yours is actually a sequel that, you know, your favourite film and stuff. So the build-up to it, because we quite often, when we talk about Dark Knight, we talk about the build-up and how people were yeah. really buying into it. So you weren't really into any of that. You just got showed Batman Begins and then straight into Dark Knight. Straight into Dark Knight, yeah. I literally, I knew a bit about Joker and Batman because obviously I saw the news support. And I think also, I think actually, I think I had seen... 10 Things I Hate About You. So that's why I sort of knew Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger. in my mind. But yeah, because it was really interesting because I didn't have any sort of build-up because on my Nolan podcast, we had um, Dan Jolin from Empire on a Dark Knight episode. Dan, lovely guy, he's great. And he's the one who like wrote like the cover story about like Heath Ledger as a Joker for Empire and about how like he was keeping these diaries. You know, all those like infamous stories. Mm-hmm. And he was saying yeah. that when Heath Ledger was cast, there's a massive backlash against it, which is so bizarre yeah, to me because like, I don't, because I wasn't really like, I don't know, like into film at the time. Like yeah. I, I like to me, that's so bizarre. Cause obviously I've seen, it, it's one of the greatest all time performances. So I haven't seen a film now, like why was there such like a, that's like a weird thing to think about. Cause obviously I've got, obviously I had no context. I wasn't like aware of it at the time, but I think that's fascinating that there was such a backlash against him. Mm. I think it's cause he was kind of a, 
a rom-commy kind of guy, wasn't he, really? He wasn't kind of... He was a very different kind of actor. And I don't think people thought he had the necessarily the the, the skill to pull it off, maybe. Yeah. Um, I think people thought he was too pretty. Yeah, that, there's well. that as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Joker ain't pretty. <laughs> so, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, honestly, I don't remember any build-up because, like, I, yeah, I literally just, it was, like, such a last-minute thing. Watch Batman Begins, watch. Yeah. But I do remember build-up to Dark Knight Rises because I had the best time ever at a Dark Knight Rises screening because it wasn't, like, a, such a thing as, like, midnight screenings when it came out. So me and my dad, we lived in Derby in, like, the Midlands at the mm. time. We trekked to like the 6am screening, which was like the first IMAX screening in Manchester, the print works. And like everyone was in like outfit. I think I had like a Batgirl shirt on. And then they had like a countdown and did like a Batman quiz. So all these like this IMAX audience like taking part in this like, I don't know, because everyone's just there for like the Dark Knight Rises. So that was Brilliant. that was a good build up. But obviously it's not the best sequel. I'm about to say, what do you think of that sequel? Five stars. It's incredible, but... Okay. Apparently that's a controversial view now, but I love The Dark Knight Rises. I think it's cracking. But Nolan doesn't make films that aren't five stars. And I know I'm biased, <laughs> but... <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I know, Dave, you don't like The Dark Knight Rises very much, do you? But I'd, I, I'm, I'm all right. I think I it's call, okay. I would call it disappointing. Yeah, I think it's I all right. I like it. <laughs> what scenes do you like about The Dark Knight? All the Dark Knight. There's not a favourite scene or anything. I like all of The Dark Knight. Did you see it in the IMAX? No, I think I went to I went to a showcase cinema deluxe. I don't know oh, if they still oh. exist, but it's like a showcase cinema, but deluxe, whatever that means. It was like I think it was like I still have my ticket. It was like a five pound like ticket, which is Brilliant. crazy because people like that ticket price doesn't exist anymore. I couldn't honestly I couldn't pick a favorite scene. I, I, although one of my favorites is the magic trick. But that's because my sister was like, "You're gonna throw up," and I like just bringing it up with her because we want to upset my sister. <laughs> mentioned the magic trick scene <laughs> she she didn't she didn't do very well with like gore or right. stuff like that is she older or younger than you younger and i just enjoy okay. torturing her with that so <laughs> i do like i do like the snooker cue scene i think that's quite underrated mm. you know where he's like yeah. tryouts but it's only one spot and he breaks the snooker cue in half i think that's i don't know an underrated moment perhaps yeah i think so i think that's a good mo- that's a good a, definitely a good scene Definitely sort of sets the jokery tone, doesn't it? That's where he tells yeah, his yeah. first kind of fake backstory, isn't it? When he does the, the stuff that breaks his new cue. Is that right? Yeah. Well, that. It's around, yeah. Yeah. It's around the pencil scene as well. Yeah. The whole introduction of this, uh, of uh, the Joker. What did you think of Christian Bale as Batman? Um, Obviously. Oh, my God. So, yeah, at that point, you hadn't seen any of the other Batman. So, you no, hadn't seen Keaton. I hadn't or... seen Keaton. I haven't still seen Clooney. And I'm a big Batman fan. I've yet to see George Clooney's Batman. And I love George Clooney. Like he's he's a lovely chap. Um, I, I don't know. I think I want to like see it in a cinema because I have a feeling the movie is meant to be bonkers, right? It's meant to be like weird. And I think watching it in a cinema with like an audience who like dead into it, I think it would be like a really good first time experience of watching Batman Forever. It's incredible in its awfulness, Batman Forever. Mm. It is. Be really drunk. Yeah. Just go and get absolutely yeah. plastered would be the best way I would from the, to go and see. From the very first second of the movie, it's insane. Like, yeah. It's like, not, yeah. not exactly the Dark Knight. I am um, no. no, Christian. Christian Bell is my favorite Batman. I do really like Keaton. He's fantastic. So obviously, I since went back and watched the Tim Burton. Films. Yeah, yeah. But also, again, it's like 
is Christian Bell just he's my Batman because he was like mm. my first Batman. I think that I think that plays a lot into these like conversations of like who's your favorite Spider Man, who's your favorite Batman. It just depends upon who your like first was. Yeah, and for me it was yeah Christian Bell. How are you excited about the Batman, the Robert Pattinson? Uh, yeah, because I'm a Twilight. I'm a Twilight. I fucking love Twilight. It's <laughs> <laughs> Dave's just like. <laughs> I feel like the first shot against Dave was Lord of the Rings, and now it's, <laughs> and now it's Twilight. But I was like 11. There's some hot takes on this one. <laughs> I was like 11 when Twilight came out, right? So I was like Stephanie Meyer's prime target, like mm. ready. I was like an English, I loved books, I loved literature, I loved romance and stuff like that. So of course I was going to like Twilight. So it's like my dream come true is like Edward Cullen as Batman. <laughs> I'm very excited. It does Although I mustn't, I must admit I'm concerned because I'm like, what if it's better than The Dark Knight? It won't be. But what if it is? I don't think I can. I don't think I could live with trauma <laughs> for the rest of my life. I don't think it can be, can it? No. It won't. I mean, it looks good, though. Like, it looks really good. And Paul Dano, my main concern about the film, except for the what if it's better, is that they're doing too many villains. Because mm. it's like, yeah. there's Riddler, Penguin, obviously Barry Keon's in it as Jim Gordon's assistant. So he's not Jim Gordon's assistant. He's going to be someone else. And the rumour mm. is that he'll be the Joker. So I'm like, I don't know if you're doing, like too many too many villains yeah that, that does come that is a problem in a lot of other superhero films when they try and smash in a lot of uh well let's say spider-man 3 the original <laughs> spider-man 3 yeah and, Sp- and spider-man no way home see what that's like that's got like a lot of villains yeah. yeah, fingers crossed for that one. Yeah, we'll be watching that like next week. <laughs> Have you seen it already, Emily? Emily's seen it tomorrow. Oh, you've seen it tomorrow. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was very. I was meant to see it, and then Sony were like, "The film's not ready." So I saw forty minutes of it. So I've seen forty oh, minutes at this okay. time. So because I saw yeah. you. Don't tell me anything. You've uh, you've been <laughs> chatting to to Tom Holland. I saw you you posted up. You've been talking to Tom Holland. Yeah. I, I was very lucky to interview Tom Holland and Zendaya. Unfortunately, not at the same time, so I couldn't be the third will because I think that would have been fun. But, <laughs> that would be fun. Um, they were both lovely. Like, I really like when you talk to movie stars who feel like normal people. Cause, but I suppose they're like our age and they're just like, I don't know, still take, and it seems like they're, they're still quite grounded, which is good. I like that. Yeah. What would happen if you got to talk to Christopher Nolan? How would you? <laughs> I don't think I'd be loud. Handle because... yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what would happen. I would love. I would love to one day. I think last year. Last year I got invited. I didn't get to do an interview, but I got invited to the press screen of Tenet, which was my first like Nolan press screen, and I was so excited. And Tenet's also five stars. Five stars, yes, of course. Okay, but I, he's not made a film that's not a five star film. Some of his shorts maybe might be four, but you know they're short films and they were like maybe when he was a student so we'll, we give him a pass for that <laughs> but um I'd, I'd love to speak to Christopher Nolan I just I would have so many questions that I wouldn't be able to like articulate <laughs> so I don't know I also I don't know everyone who's talked to him has said he's like fantastic to talk to he always comes across very well but also I don't also part of me like doesn't want to meet him because he's sort of like a myth in my mind you could because what they say you should never meet your heroes. Hmm. So. Would you just ask him a lot of dark night questions or just uh, try and keep it cool? No, I'd probably ask him a lot of questions about every film he's ever made. 
<laughs> we talked about never meeting your heroes with Nick Helm, didn't we, Dave? And uh, basically came to the conclusion you should never meet your heroes because you'll probably be a dick <laughs> rather mm. than them. So it's not that they'll let you down, it's that just, you're just too worried about taking on this stupid yourself. <laughs> yeah, like a proper fanboy. Yeah, yeah exactly. I know. I I remember I met Mark Kermode when I was like, uh, just when I got into film, I got into film writing, I met Mark Kermode and I just like cried in front of him and then my dad bless him had to like um i think because i was panicking he was like what does mark Kermode like to talk about dexy midnight runners so it was just mark and my dad talking about dexies and i'm just sort of like shaking uh, <laughs> just wanted to get my book signed so that was like before like i so i only just started writing about film whereas mm-hmm. i think i'd be like play i think i'd play it cool now i'd hope I don't know. <laughs> so it sounds like your dad's a big influence in your kind of Film. Yeah, I said like my mom and my sister just have terrible taste in movies. They don't watch if it's not a rom com. Yeah, they're just not watching it. Uh, but my dad's like quite a film nerd, so brilliant. Yeah. What other films did he made you watch? Oh, like he showed me like Alien, Terminator, but even like like stuff like Wim Wenders work. Like he's got quite an eclectic taste. His favorite film ever is Train Spotting, which is one of my favorite films ever because he know he knows Irvin Welsh as well. So he went to the my dad and my mum's first time away from me, like when I was a wee baby, was for the train spotting premiere, <laughs> which I did. I was like one, so I didn't get invited, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I re- I remember being shown because my dad's yeah, my dad um because of his work and stuff, he met like Irvin Welsh and they sort of became friendly. Hence why he got invited to the train spotting premiere. So it's a film that means a lot to my dad. But I think I, I think he showed me that when I was very young because obviously the baby scene. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's freaky. That's yeah. That, that's traumatic when you're twenty, let alone when you're very young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, he showed me a lot. And then when my parents got married, my dad had like a train spot and countdown on like social media. I don't. And like thinking back, I'm like, what? Is <laughs> that like, <laughs> what? Like, how does that work? I think it was like the poster. He just did like a little countdown on each day. <laughs> And I was Brilliant. like, that's not really appropriate, though, is it? Trailer spot, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I did. Yeah, that's a weird one. Yeah. Can't get my head around that one. I was going to say, talking of sequels, T2 is yeah. incredible. And people who say it's a bad film are wrong. <laughs> who says it's a so, bad who, film? Who says that? People. People <laughs> no. I know and I'm no longer friends with. So. Yeah, I would decide yeah, you, if they told me T2 is not Anyone who says Terminator 2 is a bad film, you can't be friends with them. Sorry. That's, that's you know, they're wrong. They're very wrong. <laughs> I mean, oh, I meant Train Spotting 2. Oh, Train Spotting 2. I thought you meant Terminator 2. Sorry. Oh, oh okay. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can sort of see that a little T2, more. It's also called T2, isn't it? It is called T2. It is, yeah. 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 It is. You're right. Yeah. We've had someone pick that as their worst sequel ever. Yeah. Yeah, we no, have. Oh, no, podcast. And I don't, I don't think it's the worst the sequel ever, but I don't think it's the best sequel ever either. I think it's incredible but i don't know i just it just for me with just fits the story about what would actually happen to these characters like so many years on and it did it's quite life-affirming in a in a weird way i really like it hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price 
Priceline. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. What is the most disappointing sequel you've seen? Oh. As in, you went in like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. And you come out, you're like, oh. So it's not the worst, it's the disappointing. I'm trying to think. This one just comes to mind because I've, I've been thinking a lot because I went to see The King's Man. Right. Prequel sequel. Yeah. So this has been, I've been thinking a lot about how bad The Golden Circle is. Like over the past, like over, so it's probably not. It's probably isn't actually the most disappointing, but it's just what comes to mind when I think about most disappointing because the king, the king's Kingsman Secret Service, hmm. incredible film, like took yeah. took everyone by surprise about how fun it was, the quirky, like the action, like I just remember really having a good time with Kingsman Secret Service. So I was like, Golden Circle, Pedro Pascal, it got all these like great like active like new like kind of upcoming actors. Like that was I think my introduction to. Pedro Pascal, who I love, so because Mandalorian, and well, he's just yeah. great in everything actually. Pedro, I just remember coming out and being like, "That was terrible." That actually, and Kickass too, both like yeah. bad, films. both good shouts, yeah, both bad movies. Yeah, it's like what we said about The Dark Knight about how it like builds in the foundations and expands, but it still feels like the same film. I feel that like Kickass too and. Kingsman 2 both wanted to also do that but just like I don't know just it went down there like it was like not tasteful at all like it just sort of mm. lost any of its any of the spark that the first films had it just sort of threw it into the bin so yeah and the Elton John bit's weird yeah the Elton John yeah. bit is weird and all of it like all of it doesn't sit right with me actually <laughs> Kings and Gold because I was like do I revisit the Kingsman movies before I go see the Kingsman and I was like, I don't think I could be hurt again <laughs> by, by Golden Circle. I can't take the pain anymore. I guess when, like you say, the good thing about Kingsman was it was such a surprise at how funny. And that's it was. the same with Kickass as well. I yeah, think. and Kickass such a surprise, but then you're not surprised by a sequel, are you? Because you've seen it before, so you it, no. it's got a lot of work to do to to live up to that first one because you've naturally not got that surprise factor. And I guess the way you do that is make it surprising again by doing something different or, you know, not. Yeah. As in the case of yeah. Golden Circle or Kick-Ass 2. <laughs> Kick-Ass, yeah. I've only seen Kick-Ass 2 and Golden Circle once because I just can't, like, I can't bring myself to stick in them again. They were just so bad. But I think you're right. I think it's because both of those first films just sort of came out of nowhere. Mm. So they had, like, a lot of, you know, on their shoulders, but they just, it was, it was just not good at all. Yeah, I remember watching the first, the first Kingsman on an aeroplane scene to Dubai and they cut out the really violent church scene. Oh, so I, yeah. I had no idea that was in the movie until someone was like, what about the really violent <laughs> church scene? I was like, what? <laughs> so at one point it's just got, it's got um, oh, Harry and yeah. it just cuts to him outside the church with lots of dead people. And I, first time I saw it, I thought, well, that's a bit weird. I don't know what's happened. Yeah. And then uh, I had to rewatch it. But the second one, the way they brought back, what's his name? Colin Firth, that's his name. Mm. It's just... 
Yeah. Leave him dead. Yeah. I should say that The King's Man, which is the third film, but a prequel, but mm. I don't know, is actually good. Well, it's like, it's much, it's not as good as King's Man, but it's nowhere near as bad as Golden Circle. It's like, so I feel like they're, they're getting back to their standard, which is good. Or kind of, hopefully the next one is like, yeah, back up there. So that was, because I went into The King's Man being like, mm. Golden mm. Circle wasn't good, Matthew Vaughan, so... <laughs> But actually it was, it was it's weird that they're both they're all Matthew Vaughan's produced directed films you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I don't well. think I trust him <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Although he made my favorite X-Men film. I think I think he did first class, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite X-Men film. So which again is a very controversial opinion. <laughs> it's a good one. That's not that is not the hottest take you've dropped so far, and we've still got a bit of time. <laughs> yeah. If you said I really like the, the last stand, then we would have been like what is going on here? <laughs> no. Or Dark Phoenix or like Apocalypse, any of them. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that one was really bad. And you're talking of bad sequels, there's Lewis for example. <laughs> yeah. What I like, yeah, let's go on to bad sequel. What I like is when I ask you about bad sequel, you're like, I don't really have a bad sequel because if I know they're bad, I just don't watch them. Yeah. So you've come up with, and I think it's the, is it the worst thing you've seen recently? Yeah. Which is Space Jam 2. So I've been on a ride with Space Jam. Like I say, a ride on Space. It was a day. So so when did Space Jam a new? <laughs> when did see Space Jam a new legacy? Because it looked. I mean, we're all in agreement, right? This is a dreadful film. Oh yeah. It's yeah. like oh, yeah, a yeah, crime, yeah. like against cinema. It's a crime against like humanity. Like it's just <laughs> <laughs> the fact that this was unleashed on us. So I really wanted to see it because I was kind of like morbidly curious at like how ugly and horrible it'll be. But I had never seen Space Jam. So I was like, right. Obviously. Wanted to see Space Jam before I saw Space Jam New, Le- New Legacy and then just sort of just didn't have time. So I went to see Space Jam New Legacy. So I really had no like context of what to expect from this film. And I thought obviously like, I said, it's pretty obvious why it's like disgusting and horrible. And it's just, it's just better to sort of sell things. And mm. when I get that selling is part of film, but this film literally just all of it was just like corporate nightmare. And I really like LeBron James. He's um he's in Trainwreck, which is like one of my favorite films. So so I came home and my boyfriend's a big Space Jam fan. Or I say like he what I think he liked it as a kid. <laughs> and I was like, what does it I was like, does it have anything in common at all with the first film? And he was like, mm. <laughs> like but I don't think he'd seen the first film in ages. So we were like, right, let's watch the first film. Because hmm. after seeing Space Jam and the Legacy, that's you know. Do it backwards yeah, yeah. why not watch the first film hated the first film as well oh god <laughs> but like not at the same level but i also think that's because i'm like watching space jam for the first time in 2021 as a 27 year old yeah. <laughs> like i don't have any of the i didn't know who michael b jordan was because i'm absolutely clueless at like <laughs> at sport and life so you did you say Michael B. Jordan or just Michael Jordan? Oh, is it Michael Jordan? Michael B. Jordan is the, the Black actor. Panther actor. Yeah. See, he, yeah. Michael Jordan just doesn't exist in that fight. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think that helps. So I like, but I must admit, like, even I don't like either film, the first film, like, I can see why people like it. Like, it's like, there's some cute moments. It seems to try to have some heart, but there's no heart in Space no. Jam. It's just mm. cold metal. Space Jam and Legacy. So that's why I like picked it as a worst sequel because it just, it's not like, it doesn't have anything in common with the first film at all, except yeah. for like 
it's about Looney Tunes and basketball. Dave and I watched this together at the cinema because we were reviewing it. <laughs> we did. You needed support. Um, you needed to support each other. Well, we, we both really liked Space Jam, you know, when we were okay. young. Like, well, I did anyway. I don't know about yeah. you, Dave. <laughs> we're, we're prime Space Jam age. Absolutely, yeah. Say, we should have. We should have been the exact audience that film was made for. Us and like yeah. six-year-olds, and. Yeah, when we came out, it took about you know that it's always that moment when you go to the cinema with someone and you come out together and you're like, who's gonna say it first? Like, it's like that was that was bad, right? <laughs> that was yeah. wasn't just me. That was bad. It was really bad. Yeah. But the thing is, right about Space Jam: New Legacy is obviously like people keep taking the piss out of the fact that the drugs are in it from Clockwork Orange, and then there's like the non like. Like they basically shoved all these like yeah. weird franchises. But aside from like all the product placement and all the advertising for one of us, like LeBron James isn't good in the film. Don Cheadle, like the like all of it. Don none Cheadle. of it. None of it's good. How do they make Don Cheadle a bad actor? How did yeah. they do that? Because he is not a bad actor. No, you know, no. I, like... He's actually one of my favorite underrated characters in the um, in the MCU. I, I think he's. Mm. pretty good yeah. but I, I just yeah so even aside from all the corporate nonsense it's just like a bad film mm. but I think that's why I picked it's the worst sequel because I said it just doesn't have any heart at least the first film even if I didn't enjoy it I can recognize that it sort of meant well yeah. and mm. it has got like heart and humor obviously Bill Murray's in it but this one was just like dire it's I not can't, even funny like, there's nothing there's nothing funny no. in it like I uh, I was in Wilco's yesterday looking for Christmas gifts because Wilco's actually surprisingly does great Christmas gifts and they had a whole Space Jam New Legacy range of Christmas gifts none of it it was like the only shelf that was full still because who's like because I don't it, it did buy it yeah it didn't do very well at all did it like no. I think at the box office because even if you're like a kid I just who which kid's gonna get like clockwork orange references or like Matrix no. references do you know what I mean like it's just it was it was a bit bizarre that's the problem we said we don't know who it's aimed no, at yeah because no, i was we have no idea. we can work it out if it was my s- children or adults yeah my my son's six and he's um he's in adverts and things for it and he's like oh we could you know i'd like to watch it i want to i want to see it and i was like you will be bored you'll want me to turn yeah. it off it'll be like home sweet home alone all over again we'll get 20 uh, minutes in and you'll be like i don't like this and that will be right alone. <laughs> yeah i am um, another hot take but I don't like any Home Alone films. I hate all of them. Um, See you later. <laughs> but, right, so this is my problem, I think, in terms of my hot taste, is that because I didn't, like, watch films really as a kid, I'm watching most, like, movies as, a, uh, as yeah. like, a, in my mid-20s. So I only watched Home Alone, the first one, for the first time last year. Didn't like it. But it's nowhere near as bad as Home Sweet Home Alone. <sighs> that is awful it yeah i i watched it and i was like i watched it as like a screener because i was doing the interview i interviewed the uh, director who was so lovely i feel really bad for not liking his film that... <laughs> but i still don't like his film yeah <laughs> but he was a lovely guy i wonder i always wonder when, uh, with you guys how you watch a bad film and then you have to go and talk to the director how do you spin it do you just not mention the movie try and talk about some <laughs> other things i know you talk about a film because like with Home Sweet Home Alone, even if it's a bad film, there's still loads to talk about because obviously the even if the twist for me of the burglars being good guys is like mind boggling mm. and the kid being a little brat, like it's still interesting to talk about. But you just don't like say so like when I interview the if I interview people whose films I like, I say I love this bit about it. 
if it if it's one I don't like, I just say, "Oh, congrats on the film." <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> I mean, it's got a good cast. You made a thing. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, like we always say, is nobody ever tries to make a bad film though, do they? That's the thing. It's just like it just sometimes it no. happens. I think the, the directors were... Yeah, there's some of the nicest people I've interviewed and made films that I just I just don't like. Yeah. And then I feel really bad. But also it's just yeah. like even if I don't like it, it's not for me, it might be for someone else. So someone else will like it. Yeah. And they put in like years of creativity into these movies. So hmm. yeah. And often it's not the um filmmaker's fault it's the studios that, that that's why i think the problem is uh, a space jam and new legacy it's the studio's fault because why make a, a kid's film when there's a part of it that goes to the matrix kids haven't watched the matrix no. uh, yeah. and stuff like that all game of thrones what the fuck <laughs> it's bizarre we used to really start delving into it and kids don't really know who bugs bunny is i would say anymore like i was asking rich does no. george know like who who Bugs Bunny and the Looney Tunes no. are, and he probably doesn't have a clue. So it would have been a better film to introduce them back into uh, cinema than whack all Bugs this Bunny's only crazy in it for about shit. three three seconds, right? It just has like three lines, and that's about it. Um, yeah. Right. If you are introduced to Porky yeah. Pig while he's doing a rap from, mm, yeah, I mean it's 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 bizarre. It so you hated it before, and then you hated it afterwards. Um, yeah. Did you review it anywhere? No, <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah, I wanted to like, I couldn't process the pain. <laughs> so, Would you watch a third um, one? Because I'm guessing yeah. they, they won't make it now because it made no money. But No, uh, unless one. it was again like out of morbid curiosity. Uh, what is interesting about Space Jam is all the sequels that they wanted to make, Skate Jam with Tony Hawk. Oh, like, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think there was one called Race Jam, which was about NASCAR. And I was like, how much have they been spoken? And what have they been spoken? <laughs> At one of them is... Crazy. Uh, I would have liked bizarre. Skate Jam. Mid, like, 16-year-old Dave going to college Dave would have really liked Skate Jam <laughs> with Tony Hawk. But not now. Yeah, I, I, no. not, not for me. No, no. But, yeah, they have some weird... Like, they definitely are trying to, like, space on new legs. It was definitely meant to launch, like relaunch a franchise. It won't. No, <laughs> spoilers. No. <laughs> but I think you. Know, I think this is the issue. Um, the issue is with studios is that like because I think I was watching um some studios always talk about is Andrew Garfield in Spider Man. So I mean, rewatching like interviews of Andrew Garfield talking about Spider Man and talking about how it wasn't a good experience in the end because he loves. Spider-Man, he loves the, the character, he loves the comics. Yeah. And he's like, but whilst making Amazing Spider-Man 2, it's like, he realised that the studios don't love the character, they don't love the comics, they just sort of see it as a corporate opportunity. And he was saying that he understands that, you know, that that is, that's a business. Mm. But it's like, they just, it's just quite cold. And I think that's why he didn't have a good time making that movie. And I'm kind of getting that impression now that Tom Holland's probably feeling the same way about his Spider-Man. Oh, it just no. I know, I know. Because I know, it always comments, you know, recently about if he's, you know, if he's, I don't know, about the, about why he's concerned about the future of Spider-Man. Because it does feel that, like, it's like, I don't know, studios just nowadays just like, again, like, Hollywood's movie making is all about making money, but sometimes where's the love for the character? Like, that's my mm. concern about No Way Home. It's like, 
is it just if we include all these like characters from the previous franchise it's gonna you know it's not just about it's not they're not just doing it for like creative storytelling reasons obviously yeah, it's about it's about merchandise and mm, yeah it's about toy sales isn't it sometimes and i think yeah yeah you're right a lot of the messages coming from Tom holland have been like fans are going to be surprised Fans aren't gonna like this, you know. They're gonna, you know, fan, fans are gonna be shocked at the direction, and yeah. that always seems a bit kind of. Mm. I, I think he just seems a bit uns- and when he talks about future Spider-Man, he seems a bit uncertain. So I'm a bit worried about like, like at least a Spider-Man, like even though we know it's to sell us toys and to sell us like, oh yeah, remember these amazing Spider-Man films, the Sam Raimi films, like you know, come back and invest in those for the future. Um, at least like it is still sort of absorbed into like a decent story but mm. space Germany legacy wasn't like trying to disguise itself at all no no it wasn't at all it was just a warner brothers advert basically <laughs> yeah yeah and this i don't know i, I don't know if it, i don't know if it's because as i get older i grow more cynical <laughs> this is why i can't really get excited for the matrix because mm. i'm like are you just doing this to reignite love for a franchise that basically like the sequels of the matrix aren't great oh they're far like, from great yeah so uh, one we can all get on board with now yeah and like i like i i'm there's no secret i love the mcu and like for instance ghostbusters afterlife that got shot on a lot but i really liked that movie yeah me too and i can we love them and i can appreciate that like studios need to make money and this is like by like bringing back like original franchises like helps but i don't know i'm growing i'm growing increasingly cynical i think it's funny because we do a podcast about sequels but it it does kind of ring true what people have been saying for a long time is that hollywood's run out of ideas and yeah we do see a lot of reboots and a lot of sequels and you know that's why we can do this podcast because there are so many sequels now yeah so yeah, many. It's, it's so unusual to come across a a really original movie that's come from nowhere these days you know they don't seem to mm. to get the hollywood studios don't take risks on on new stuff anymore you know it has to be I a proven like, entity I, I don't mind it i don't mind it like i think also when we talk about best sequels like don't like obviously like i get like it's a great movie and i kind of did feel that it wasn't just be it wasn't just being made because they wanted to make money mm. i mean that's the thing when it feels like this is just this just exists because you kind of like want to make money even even that is obviously what all films intend to do yeah. i don't know I just i feel like i just get increasingly cynical because it's like yeah like with the matrix like why <laughs> i haven't seen it yet but i just i think i'm already yeah. going in like why why do we have this when mm. you know it's very much was fitting to that era that the original came out in so like mobile phones and how, how landlines and shit yeah I get annoyed that they don't finish anything anywhere anymore, Hollywood. If something's a, uh, a dud or doesn't make enough money, they just stop. Like you were talking about The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. I watched that again the other day, and um, I'd love to see a third Garfield. I mean, I don't like Amazing Spider-Man 2, but I would like no, to see no, no Spider-Man 3. <laughs> but, yeah. Because I would like to see where they've gone with that, because he must have a, a darker version of that Spider-Man would have been great. Mm-hmm. And plus, she said, Garfield is really good as Spider-Man, I think. Yeah. He's a, so I, yeah. I would have been intrigued, I, and it really annoys me they never finish stories. So it's one of the bugbears of me that I don't have endings to certain films. <laughs> like I'm going to bring it up again because I love it. Jumper, have you seen Jumper, Emily? <laughs> no, I haven't seen Jumper. You should watch Jumper, <laughs> but then you think, where's the sequel? 
I think what you were going to say, I thought you were going to say June then, Dave, because Dave went and watched June (laughs) and then came out and was like, there's no sequel announced. There's got to be. Where is it? (laughs) Well, because it's only announced it's a part one at the beginning of it. I'm like, excuse me. Um, Tell you what I've been waiting ages for is um, the sequel to Crazy Rich Asians, because I swear that's been in development for like a while now. I really like that movie. I want to know where this story goes. And I love Henry Golden. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Is there a sequel that you were surprised how good it was after the first one being not good or bad, but you just enjoyed the second one more than the first one, maybe? Oh, but you were dragged to go and see it. Trying to think. Um, I was looking at my, even that's my DVD shelf, it's my bookshelf, but I only really read books that are based on films. Or films that are based on books. <laughs> I did know I had, I was dragged to see it chapter two and I was told that it'd be good because I didn't like it it wasn't good but which I know is opposite to your question but that was one I got dragged no, to see but actually, awesome. it, did, it did disappoint me I'm trying to think if there was a sequel that I got dragged to see that I actually ended up enjoying so for us we'd say like Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard I think is what we went we got we were in a press screening for that we had very low expectations and that we came out going, mm. yeah, it was all right. It was fun. That's it was a right. fun way to spend. Yeah, right. might've been because we'd, we'd no. been in lockdown for so long <laughs> and that was the first time we got to see, go to the cinema. But <laughs> <laughs> Like even, another example is like Fast Five or some of the yeah. Fast and Furious because <laughs> after, after what is it, the second one, I can't remember, Two Fast, Two Furious, I was like, I am checking out of this. this is Actually, Fast and Furious is a good example because... I went to see my first Fast and Furious film I saw was Hobbs and Shaw, which is banging. That's a Jeez, good film. Okay. <laughs> Strap yourself in. Rich. Strap in, Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I loved Hobbs and Shaw, and so when what's it? Is it nine? What are we on now with Fast and Furious films? Yeah. Is it nine? Nine's the last one. Yeah. Nine. I was like, right, 
this summer I'm going to watch all the Fast and Furious films before nine because I've only seen Hobbs and Shaw, which is like a spin-off. So I don't think really counts. <laughs> it's like, good though. It's a good spin-off. I had a very traumatic time with Fast and Furious <laughs> watching them all. In a it's week. a roller coaster ride, isn't it? I think I watched them all in a week, so it was intense. And you're right, but like it doesn't like the, the first one's dreadful. Like the first few are dreadful. Like his <laughs> face is like no. <laughs> I think I think the first one is a, a film of its time. Yeah. Again, this again, this is my issue: is watching a, a film from like the yeah yeah yeah. I'm, okay. okay. Like, um, the second one is dreadful. What I try to think why it kicks in for me. There's one with five, which is the one with the tank. Love the tank. Six, six, yeah, six. is where it Yeah, five was. I think five was good. Five's but the one where the rock turns like, up. Yeah, the rock turns up in five. That's where. Yeah, I think six is where I kind of cracked Fast and Furious. <laughs> I was like, right, I'm on board. Not super on board. My main problem with Fast and Furious is I don't like Vin Diesel, and. Oh, that's a big problem. Mm. And and Paul Walker. I don't like those characters. And I feel that like you're not invested in I can't remember the characters' names because I'm not exactly a Fast and Furious know at all. Even that's like the two it's the biggest I should really know their names. What, what are their character names for life? I can't remember. So Vin Diesel's Dom. Uh, Dominic and Paul. Yeah. yeah, I don't like Dominic and Paul. Paul just just like he's a cop, right? And he's Brian, Brian not Paul. Brian. Paul Walker, I was gonna say Paul Walker's the actor. <laughs> Brian just sort of like I don't know he just gives up police one day he's like right I'm just gonna go join this random criminal and it just doesn't make any sense and I think because I'm not invested in that it's the, because of family <laughs> I'm not invested in the family or the friendship and the further I'm not invested in that friendship because it makes zero sense to me because it just comes out of nowhere even like it's basically what a friendship is <laughs> I don't know I just I don't really like that character dynamic so I feel I struggled the Fast and Furious films but I do like the later ones because I like the supporting cast. Right. Mm. Uh, like, is it Tyrese Gibson? Is that the actor's? Yeah, Tyrese, yeah. Co- I like the comedy bits and I like the rock in it. But yeah, I just, yeah. So I suppose that I sort of nearly gave up, but I kept going. I don't think any of them are very good, but I kind of get why people Not even like seven? Them. When they drop out of an aeroplane? <laughs> no, I did like the airplane. My favourite Fast and Furious moment is where Gal Gadot kicks off Gina Carano off the plane. Yeah, that's a good bit. That is a good that moment. A good good. That's number good six. Moment. Yeah. That's, see, okay, six is definitely my favourite bit <laughs> <laughs> because the tanks and that. Although Hobbs and Shaw is actually still my favourite. Okay. Oh wow. So Hobbs and Shaw. I I really like the Fast and Furious franchise because I was the right age when it started. I think is the main thing, but. I also appreciate the fact they're not great movies, you know. No. <laughs> but yeah. I think they know that. I think yeah. the only person who takes it seriously now is Vin Diesel. Oh yeah, yeah. completely. And bless him, like that. Um, oh my god, that post he did on Instagram recently about calling the Rock, being like, "Come back to me, brother." <laughs> like, it's so self-serious. It's hilarious, and I'm sure he's lovely. I'm sure he's lovely. He is supposed to be but, lovely, um, yeah. but you know, it always comes across well. He's he's great, and I mean, he doesn't really say much. He says, "I'm great," basically for all the <laughs> Marvel films, but he does a good job. <laughs> yeah, can't fuck that up. Like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is supposed to be he he is supposed to be a really nice person, Vin Diesel. Yeah. But he just doesn't come across that way on social media. I don't think. <laughs> no, it's just it's too it's too self serious. Mm. And um, as a, like my thing with like Fast and Furious Nine, it's like I'm sorry, but 
Dom should have been dead a long time oh, ago. Yeah. Like I don't believe him as like a sort of superhero figure. Like it doesn't like. I mean, Fast I Nine know. takes it to like a whole new level. <laughs> like, also, like two hours thirty. I, it's just like it's too much. Yeah, it is. I went to see it in IMAX, so and that helped oh, the God. experience. That was a um, yeah. Yeah, so I think Fast and Furious announced for that because I kept I kept going and eventually found something I liked in it. So. Oh, good, good yes. answer. <laughs> That's a great answer. I wasn't trying to see it. I, in fact, dragged my boyfriend to sort of stick with me <laughs> for these movies because I said they're meant to get good. So he hadn't seen them before either? Uh, I think he's seen a few. Right. Yeah, the only one he refused to watch was Tokyo Drift. I had to watch that one by myself. Tokyo Drift is not really? as bad as people make out, I don't think. I literally can't remember anything about it except for there's like a... It's in Tokyo. It's, and it's Han, isn't it? Yeah. Han's yeah. cool. Yeah. I like him. Han is him cool. and Gal Gadot, they were... I, I, was invest, I was invested in that relationship. Not Dom and Paul. <laughs> what was your pick for Dream Sequel? Uh, yes, well, I had two, didn't I? And then you were like, you got to pick one, Emily. Um, <laughs> we'll probably, we'll, we we'll talk probably about touch both. on yeah, both. Yeah, we definitely talk we about both. So I'm going to go to my grave upset <laughs> that we haven't had a sequel to David Fincher's Girl with Drunk 2. We had a reboot, which was, mm. we don't talk yeah. about a reboot. because no. that was. I haven't seen it. I have no horrible. interest in it. It's not good. It's not good. It, it was boring. And a girl, I think they call it the girl films. It, they shouldn't be boring. No. I know it was boring. Yeah, well, it's not. Like, it's oh. not part of the original. They, so they did the girl. It's not Steve Larson. Yeah, it's not a Steve Larson one. So he, Steve Larson, did three, uh, but had plans for ten. And he died. Yeah, he did. He yeah. wrote three, had plans for ten, but he died after doing the th- doing the three, and then they got they got someone else to pick up his notes and write the next three, essentially. Yeah. So the one they made, the the girl who girl in the spider's web, wasn't it the. The, yeah, the Claire Foy one. Claire Foy, bless her. Like, I, I would, I think she in another film would be a good fit for that character. Yeah. It's just the, the surrounding film was not good. No. Although, yeah, I am. Um, I must say, I love the original, the Swedish original films. Incredible with mm-hmm. Mimi Rapace. But I think David Fincher's take is just like it's just it's also incredible. Like it's on a par. I just think it's such a shame that. We didn't get to see him do more of that series. It really needs a sequel, that movie as well, because it, it really is. A... The cast was like spot on. Like, I think I prefer Rooney Mara as Lisbeth and Daniel Craig as Lompis. Even though I, I said the Swedish ones are also incredible. Like, I think I just, I felt more related to that, to her mm. performance. Um, it's, just, it's just, why are we not got one, David? Come on, stop making <laughs> crap like Mank. And... <laughs> Well, you're blaming me for a second. I was like, not my choice. Dave, you got a ring. You got a ring, David Fincher, because I know you've got his number clearly. So just tell him. Oh, no, yeah. always talk to Finch. I'm getting. You said earlier that you only watch films that you read the books of. So I'm guessing you've read the books. Yes, I think I watched the Swedish films, and then I read the books, and then I saw. Although maybe I hadn't read the books at the time, I definitely watched the Swedish films because I think they'd all been done, hadn't they, before. Mm. Yes. My dad stuck me in to Girl with Drunk Tattoo. God bless your dad. Because I was 17, and obviously it's 18 rated film. And so I got stuck in to see the David Fincher version of the cinema. And when my mum's not allowed to, to, to so hopefully my mum doesn't listen to this because she's not allowed to know that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Brilliant. Yeah. Which, like, and I think um, not really a film you should watch with your dad, by the way. Like, no. 
Oh yeah, that's um, a, yeah. Also, another thing I love about Girl Director Two: opening credits. Mm. They are good. Yeah, they are. I mean, Finch is quite good at opening credits. The seven opening credits as well are. I'm like, I don't know. I just, I just really want more because I just think the world he, the way he interpreted the book and the world he constructed, and I thought Daniel Craig and Rini Mara were fantastic. I just want to see more of those characters, and especially since I know what story is like left to be told. Yeah, I've read the books, and obviously we've seen a Swedish films. So I just, I'm just fuming, furious. I and mean, he, like, he's made sequels. He made Alien Three. So, well, which was yeah. obviously a terrible time. I actually enjoy that movie, which is there are there are worse take. Alien movies than Alien Three. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I, I like all Alien films, which is just embarrassing to be fair. Even a clay one, it's, it's fun. <laughs> Not Alien versus Predator, though, surely. Oh, I haven't actually seen that. Oh, don't. Uh, to be fair, so well, an Alien versus Predator two is just... even worse. <laughs> yeah, they're all bad. Alien Three yeah. is the third best Alien film. I yeah, it's yeah. I I have a big soft spot for Covenant. I remember being absolutely terrified at Covenant. So, but I think it was also my first red carpet, so I'm also biased. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Memories. Yeah. So why did why yeah. did David Fincher never get his sequel for Girl of the Dragons? I think I think it, it went into development, didn't it? It went into development, and then it just sort of just never like yeah. Did the first one not make it make it enough money? I think it didn't make enough money. They said you can make it for a certain amount of money. Mm. Fincher was like, "No, I need this amount of money." And obviously, Emily might know more, but I can't imagine Fincher's the easiest person to work with. No. <laughs> so it's either my way or the highway, and the studio's like, "Okay, bye bye then." Oh. I think there was like a lot of disagreement in terms of like what yeah. direction it should go in but I think what also makes it worse is that what we did end up getting the girl and the Swires web was just trash mm. so it's just yeah, yeah. which makes it even more frustrating that we've not had a sequel yet and also why start there why start in book four and like I know I don't know, know. it's mm. odd is that supposed to be a sequel to the Swedish three I don't know but because it, it's not I'm not sure <laughs> I mean that's not had a sequel either shock yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they'll try again in a few years they'll try and do another one they'll try and remake this one i reckon but yeah the, they don't, the dragon don't tattoo and go, to, go again uh, i mean yeah i i, I honestly i love the adventure one it's just it, it's just such a shame uh especially because i love the just two essential performances and obviously really Mario and daniel creek both have gone on to do other hmm. great films but i just loved that dynamic and yeah yeah, well, Daniel Craig's got time now. He yeah. He's got all the time. Yeah, he's got all the time. He is a bit old now, though, isn't he? Do you think? I mean, it's already kind of like younger woman, older man, slightly creepy dynamic already. Yeah. Um, but I think if you put Daniel Craig in it again, like he's he's a lot older, Probably isn't he? A bit too old. because yeah, but he's really good. He's really good. He but really I, good. I watched it the other day and I thought. He looks surprisingly young in this movie, <laughs> like because obviously it before it was what after the first his first Bond was it after Casino Royale. Yeah, it was in. It was in yeah, it's just before Skyfall. Oh, was it just before Skyfall? So it was after. Yeah. The, um, what's it called? Is it Quantum of Solace? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the bad was, one. Yeah, he put on weight to be in this film, which he must have really enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't we really? Rooney Mara got nominated for an Oscar for this as well, didn't she? She should have done. She's. She's great. She's really, really She's good. She's so good in it. I, I like. I love the Swedish ones, but I found this one to be a bit more, a, a, for me, more effective. And I think it's all down to that dynamic between Rini Mara 
and Daniel Craig because that's what the yeah, film yeah. Hin- that's what the film hinges on. Yeah. Like, and Stellan guys terrifying yeah and it's the best use of Enya ever yeah like definitely <laughs> i wanted to bring up Enya. it's like that scene like is i like i can picture it now in my mind because it's just haunted mm. it's just horrible it's a horrible scene yeah. but so well like directed and i get that like like i like even i said crap like mank earlier like thanks fine like it's good not great but i kind of wish that like finch is best at making thrillers and and i like just I don't know. Eva, it was mm. very nice that he made Mank, which obviously his dad's film, but you know, mm. I'm just like, come on, Fincher. Yeah. More Mindhunter, more, and a sequel to this, please, even though it's probably too late now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because there, there's certain actors in here, like Joel Kinnaman's in here. Yeah. And apparently he was going to be a, a bigger part in the sequel. Mm. So well, he never got to be, make, say a line. Yeah, the sequel also is like, obviously, Elizabeth's story is like, you could get hints at her backstory in the first film but obviously there's more in the sequels and it would yeah, be yeah. really interesting because because her performance is excellent yeah to like really like see more of that i'm just i'm just so annoyed that it's just never happened yeah. so upsetting i think the second or third are less i can see why the studio were if, iffy about it they're more complicated for sure. oh like the size of the third <laughs> yeah <laughs> It practically Bible. They're showing us the book. No, no one listening yeah. can, hear, can see oh, that, yeah. Dave. But yeah, the book is very large. Oh, that's what a podcast <laughs> is. I can, I can say they're des- definitely less viewer friendly than the first one, and the first one is quite hard going. Yeah, but I feel um, like if anyone, especially the themes, yeah, yeah but if anyone could crack it, it's Fincher. Like in terms of like condensing the story. So yeah, they'll all be about three hours long though. Because <laughs> what is good about the first film and and the book is that it's quite a good representation of the book. There's nothing mm. really trimmed out of it. it. It doesn't. It takes like an hour and a bit for the two main characters to yeah. meet. Yeah, which is weird. It, it takes a, it takes a while. How good their chemistry is because the, for the first hour of the film they don't they're not in a scene together. No, no, no. So anyway, he shows up at her flat. Uh, which yeah is like over an hour in it's a great scene as well such a good scene i love yeah i love that scene just a good film just (laughs) so upsetting but this is also i love watching it but then every time i watch it i get mad because there's no yeah because there's no sequel (laughs) this is what i get mad about (laughs) so give me the rest of it (laughs) so you would you would bring back david fincher and all the all the cast and Mm. do exactly exactly what was kind of planned for the what because obviously fincher had a plan for the second film yeah yeah it just yeah such a shame does it not annoy you that they're all putting on like little accent or not accents but it's clearly Uh, filmed in sweden yeah not really although like i know i know i know what you mean because it's like with the house of gucci thing it's like why bother putting on it like why bother putting on an italian accent because we all know it's in italy just Mm. Didn't really bother me too much, to be honest, for Girl Gang Tattoo. Because Daniel Craig refused to so. do a Swedish accent, didn't he? Quite famously said, "Nah, not not Good doing choice. it." <laughs> obsessed. I'm slightly obsessed with the way Daniel Craig this like wears his glasses. In that, do you know what I mean? In that film, he just sort of hangs them up like in strange places in his head when he's like not wearing them. It's just a nice little character moment that I enjoyed. Yeah, Daniel Craig, like yeah. a great actor, and I love him as Bond, but. I think like stuff like layer cake, girl drank to two, knives out. Mm. Like mm. it's when like those yeah, I think he's actually better than those than he is. I think obviously Bond's amazing, but it's gonna be nice to see him when he's got more time more to do other like things. That. Yeah. Yeah, he's great when he's not Bond. Mm. I like Bond like you do, but it's exciting now. He's that that's over and he can really crack on with hopefully some really good stuff. Fingers crossed. Yeah. 
Knives Out 2. Please be good at Knives Out 2. <laughs> I trust Ian Johnson. He made my favourite Star Wars film. So I um, I have faith. I have faith. Yes, we That's are. That's one I like and one Rich doesn't like. <laughs> I, I, I just can't understand why people don't like it. But. Um, yeah. Um... <laughs> I, I think with my relationship with Last Jedi, it's a little bit like you with your um, red carpet thing. I went, got to go to a, like the first screening of Last Jedi, mm. and then they had a Q&A afterwards with everyone. So when you got Mark Hamill, Del Toro, literally sitting in front of you, you're like, yeah. I love this. Film. <laughs> this is great. I don't. Okay, I have problems with Last Jedi, but it's not as bad as some people make yeah, out. Rise of, well, it's also not as bad as Rise of Skywalker. So, you know, it's... Bad yeah. film. Bad <laughs> yeah. film. Yeah. I went to the press screening of Last Jedi and the press screening of Rise of Skywalker. And Last Jedi, everyone came out so excited. Rise of Skywalker, everyone came out like, oh. <laughs> oh. Sigh. So, so Last Jedi, I came out going, eh. and then like, Rise of Skywalker, I came out going, ah! <laughs> like, oh my God! <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> Just... My thing with Rise of Skywalker is I remember coming out of the film and being like, I had to write a review. And it was also one of those things where the film finished at 10 pm, review embargo was like two hours later. And I was like, I just, I was talking to my friends about it. And I think because we all really wanted to like it, we all talked about like, oh, like this bit was good, this bit was good, this bit was good. And so I think I gave it three stars. Or was it four? No, I gave it four stars. Hello, four, but still four stars. But since I literally like, since that day, I'm like, it's terrible. Mm. All of it's terrible. <laughs> like, I just... Oh, God. I've, I have it on DVD. I've never watched it <laughs> since, like, that first... I think I actually saw it again in cinemas, but I haven't seen it since. Yeah. Because it was just like... I think I was just trying to talk myself into thinking it was good. <laughs> I would like to say that the reasons I don't like Last Jedi are not the horrible fanboy reasons it's that toxic. come out on the, on, on the internet a lot. I just don't think it made sense to me it just didn't feel like a good star wars movie to me it has absolutely nothing to do with female characters in in any sense <laughs> you know i think that's great um and yeah it's nothing to do with them any of that fanboy bullshit that you know everyone else who doesn't <laughs> like it seems to be the yeah i like how you have to get that in every time i do because i don't want people tarring me with that horrible brush <laughs> well this is a this is a problem with fandoms today is that like with the pe- people generally don't like Last year, like you, Rich, and people, but you just get brushed for the same because those that toxic fandom are so mm. vocal. Yeah, it's the same <clears throat> with um, it's the same, I think, with Zack Snyder films is that his fandom are just insane, and a lot of them are just like very nasty people online, but not all like Snyder fans are like that. But I always like there's a degree of trepidation because I'm not a Snyder fan, he's just not a filmmaker for me. Mm. His style just doesn't <clears throat> work for me personally, and do you know what? That's fine, yeah. I don't think it works for me either, or you, Dave. I'm like scared to like tweet about any like Snyder opinions because you just get attacked, and that's like a really bad like that's sad because there's people out there who love Snyder, who just like are normal people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But there's one small minority. It's, just, it's the same with all fandoms. It's just one small minority of, and if you like, I mean, yeah, like I like, I love the Joker. I think that Joker film, Wacken Phoenix, is a five star film. But people like people who are fans of it, like people who aren't fans of the film, criticize people who are fans of it because there are some fans who are toxic about that movie. Mm. So I'm like, I'm scared to say that I'm a fan of Joker because I want to be brushed like yeah. with that, even though I'm not, I'd hope to say that I'm not a psychopath. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think we need to talk about Emily's other choice for for dream sequel as well. Oh uh, yeah, well actually Joker worked that sort of fits quite nicely into it because I'm just I'm very upset that Birds of Prey hasn't had a sequel yet, and I do cry about it at night. So yeah, and I think that is a lot to do with toxic fan base actually because yeah, it had a back. I literally think it had a backlash because it was a fun female led film and it was quirky and it like I think Birds of Prey is magnificent yeah. and. It's one of my favorite DC films, especially from the newer DC films, because it just had fun. It felt like it had personality. It felt to me like DC had finally cracked it. I was like, yes, yeah. this is how you make a superhero movie. You know, it was great. It was a brilliant, brilliant film. And that tone and works so well with Harley, yeah. especially Margot's Harley. And I just feel that DC fans sort of wanted something a bit more serious and they didn't get that. So they were upset. Like, even aside from the fact it's obviously female. Oh, woman. Yeah. We have got... How dare they? I know. We have got a Black Canary film coming, mm. which I'm like, cool, because I think I think the name's Journey Smollett-Bell, isn't it? She's, like, great. It's yeah. Black Canary, and I like that character. I'd be interested to see more of that character, but I'm like, where's where's Bop, too? Come on, guys. Yeah. Like, Bop. Yeah, I, like oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think, I think Birds of Prey is up there with my favourite. DC movies mm. like it's it it made me think because oh, I was at a point where I wasn't going to watch any more DC movies yeah I'd do yeah. Wonder Woman 84 I think and I was like no I'm I'm not doing this anymore oh I really I really like Wonder Woman 84 oh. I don't know I just which I can see why people don't like it because it is a mess but there's so much of it that I did enjoy yeah but I really like Wonder Woman so maybe that's why but I also don't I again I'm not a big fan of Zack Snyder and I'd watched I watched the Snyder cut and I'm like yeah. I think it's the music the music is so on the nose <laughs> like it's like a superhero turns up da-da! like the music is like bah, bah, yeah you know and it's like I, like it's on um Dave was saying about um Army of the Dead as well like playing zombie at the end of Army of the Dead I'm like <laughs> You have not listened to the lyrics of this song. Like, just because yeah. it says just, it's called Zombie doesn't mean it's the right song to play. I must say that, I, even though I don't like Zack films, I always think he comes across rather well. He seems really genuine. He's a, yeah. He really, seems really, like really a nice lovely. person, yeah. I think it's such a shame that his fans are just like, not all of his fans, obviously, as I said earlier, like a small portion of his fans are just so toxic. And I think one of those are just because the birds of prey. I don't think it was a massive box office flop. Like it's got a dedicated fan base as well. Mm. It's just I think they're just scared. <laughs> like yeah. But it's such a shame because it was something really different. It was obviously all female. Like I think it's DC's first like female cast like movie, and it, it was so much fun. It was different. It was like more mature. And I saw a really interesting thread about James Gunn's The Suicide Squad and how you wouldn't have that it wasn't for Birds of Prey because Birds of Prey mm. is like 15 rated adult humour ridiculous yeah. humour and uh, that's exactly the same like Birds of Prey and the Suicide Squad perfect double bill yeah. because you wouldn't have that film if you didn't have Birds of Prey and I just feel like I don't know it just people just don't like fun and that's it and who, who like wants to hang around with people that don't like fun <laughs> <laughs> did they mess around with the name as well one yeah, it's called Birds of Prey, and then they put the, so, the Harley Quinn in front of it. Yeah, so Ooh. it's called so the official title is Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation, the Fantabulous Emancipation of a One Harley Quinn. And then cinemas were like, no one's going to go see this movie, but even it is just, it, there's obviously that long title as a joke, but mm. it, it's just Birds of Prey. So now, so they changed it to Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, I think. 
I don't really get why people <laughs> didn't go see it. I don't, I don't know. Like it was just, it was, it's just so weird to me because it was like, I can understand why people don't love it, but I think the worst it is, is like throwaway fun. Yeah. So like, it's not like harmful at all or like. No. It's a good film. It, I don't I don't really get people's issues with it, to be fair. Nope. And some like most of the time I do. I'm like, I can understand why this isn't your cup of tea. Like last Jedi, I totally get why like you take issue with like that it doesn't work. But with Birds of Prey, I'm just like, it's just like a group of random, like super like a group of misfit girls having fun. Like what's the what's the problem? It was just bizarre. Yeah. That yeah. backlash. But um maybe one day I'll get a sequel. I hope so. I think you're more likely to get a sequel to that than the Dragon yeah, Tattoo. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, and like, I did really like James Gunn's Vasilis High School, which did feel like it followed on from Birds of Prey. Um, and obviously, like, a lot of that characterization of Margot Robbie's Harley and Bears mm. follows on from Birds of Prey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time. I think I went to see it. I went to see it with my boyfriend Tom, who's a film critic, and our friend Cameron. And then I was like, that was amazing. And Cameron and Tom were like, <laughs> oh, oh no! It was good. I was like, "It's incredible! You've got no, you've got no taste." <laughs> but they liked it. They just didn't love it. And then, like, I then mean, yeah, can't can't trust people. But um, I made my boyfriend watch Birds of Prey a lot. <laughs> we watched it on New Year's Eve last year to bring in a new year because, like, it's just like it's just so it's just really like it is just fun. Yeah, it is fun. fun. Yeah, come on, come on, fans, have some more fun. <laughs> and I think yeah. I think. The new DC is best when it is having fun, mm. like the Suicide Squad, like Shazam. I'm quite excited for Shazam yep. too. Bit worried, it's going to be a bit more serious. But I think I saw pictures of the villains like Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu, and I was like, oh no, it does look a bit ridiculous still. Mm. Um, oh, good. I, I, I'm not looking forward to Black Adam. I think Black Adam is going to be a bit self serious for my liking. But The Rock is in a weird place at the moment for me. There's a lot of. I don't have to explain it. Advertising. He thinks a lot of himself. I don't like The Rock. That's another hot take. But I don't like oh, him. God. Do you know why I don't like him? Because he doesn't feel like a real person. It all feels I like I understand a, that. All feels like a show. Whenever yeah. I see him, I'm like, you're not real. This is I don't you're acting right now. Mm. And I don't think any part of him, like I don't think it ever shows his like runnable or real side. And you don't have to show your vulnerable side at all, but it just feels like I'm constantly watching like a children's TV presenter. Because, <laughs> yeah, it feels like a machine, like a world cogged advertising machine. Of he's always on show. He's a robot. Like, That's like, it. Literally feels like he's a robot who's like constantly doing pantomime. Like yeah, always on the show. And I'm worried about Black Adam and that. That's DC going a bit more serious again. I'm like, mm. no, just yeah. We prefer it when you got Margot Robbie with a gun labelled fun gun. Yeah, yeah. Shooting like rainbows <laughs> at people. Like, I like well, that. that's what I prefer. <laughs> I like that too. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. More birds of prey. Yeah. <laughs> More birds of prey, less of... Maybe, maybe Black Adam will be good. We haven't seen it yet, so... Fingers crossed. I just don't like... The Rock's not a human. He's not real. I don't, <laughs> I don't trust him. He's going for president as well, isn't he, at some point, I heard. Like, I think why? that comes from the Young Rock TV show. There's a the, the Young Rock TV show where he's in like play, playing himself, running for running as president, and then talking about all his all the things oh, he got why? up to when he was younger. I haven't watched that yet. It's all right. It's all right. Not really because of the Rock, because <laughs> of everyone else that's in it. Really, I, I like him in some films, like Jumanji. Like when he's sort of mocking himself. Mm. 
but like as a person like no yeah no, he's not he's not for me maybe maybe one day he will like do like me and my friends have had this conversation it's like will the rock one day do like an oscar worthy performance like take on like a drama like a a character like close to him mm. and like really show his emotional side and i was like if he does that i'll, I'll probably be won over because i just i need some i it doesn't feel human sorry rock those were emily murray's unequal sequels lovely choices dave lovely oh choices. man i think her story about her primary school play is my favorite story that's ever come out of, <laughs> out of any of our discussions i still can't get my head round that a teacher thought it'd be a good idea to do a primary school production of lord of the rings it's uh it's different <laughs> i think about it nightly and daily i just want to know what that would have looked like oh it must have been nuts it must have been it must have been crazy yeah. You must pat him on the back. He he saw the bigger picture. He, he wanted to go big, whoever that teacher was. Bless them. But her picks, yeah, absolutely brilliant ones. Um, got to speak, speak about the Dark Knight again yeah, from another and, perspective. And Emily's a big Nolan fan, so yeah, that's possibly the biggest Nolan fan we've met. Yeah, possibly, possibly, even bigger than Ian Nathan, who's actually met him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Space Jam Two is a currently a terrible sequel. Absolute garbage. Yeah. Must have made a real impact for her to really pick that because there's a lot of bad sequels. There are. But but yeah, Space Jam 2 and New Legacy can get in the bin. Yeah. Take that. <laughs> and the dream sequels, we got to talk about too, Rich. Yeah, we did. We did. But I really liked, I, I really liked the idea, her ideas for, for David Fincher's uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Mm. Um, but I also, I'm really keen for a Birds of Prey sequel. I really enjoy Birds of Prey. I think it's brilliant. I don't think it's going to happen. No, I know. It's, it's sad, isn't it? It is a sad. It is sad. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm up for a David Fincher uh, Dragon Tattoo sequel. The Girl in the Fire, or the Girl in the Hornet's Nest, or whatever the yeah. other ones they decide to yeah, do. Yeah, whichever, whatever it's called. <laughs> Another his, one of them. With, with, yeah, yeah, with his style. With Craig you know, back very, and, very his style. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for Emily coming along. Uh, Check out her work. It was lovely to oh, meet yeah, Emily. Great. We, we really enjoyed it, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, Emily was lovely, wasn't she? Yeah, she was really lovely. It was great, great to meet her. I think she had brilliant choices, yeah. and she was really passionate. She's about She's doing it. a fantastic job on the Wonderful. on the lowdown with Savvy. That's yeah. doing, giving lots of writers incredible work, and yeah, she's doing great. Um, always interested to see what she thinks of movies as well. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's doing a good job. Yeah. Uh, Rich, you got anything else to say about us? Of course, oh. always. Make sure you like and subscribe, everybody. If this is the first episode you've listened to, why? We've been around for ages now. Go back. Go back and listen to all our other episodes. They're brilliant. Uh, subscribe while you're at it so that you don't have to worry about finding our episodes. They'll come straight to you. And if you're listening on Apple or on Spotify, give us a cheeky little five stars and a review. We'll love you forever. Promise. Yeah. Um, you can also check us out on social media. So we're at Unequal Sequel on Twitter and Instagram. And you can even, even send us a little email at unequalsequel at hotmail.com. Perfect. Yeah. Please get in touch if you want to say something nice about us. If you don't, don't get in touch. <laughs> no, don't get in touch say nasty yeah. things. That wouldn't be that nice. really hurt my feelings. <laughs> 
yeah, thank you for listening, all the listens and all the plays and all the downloads. It's going very well at the moment. We're loving being part of the podcast community. Uh, we've had some very nice things said about us recently. Check us out. We, As recording this, we were the podcast, British Podcast of the Week on Film Stories. We won't be next week, but check out that article on there. It's very nice. From And thank you. Uh, that's all I've got to say, Rich. You got anything else to say? No, I think that's, that's it from me. So that's a uh, thank you and bye-bye from me. So bye-bye. And a bye-bye from him. Bye! Have a good week. See you next time. Bye.